Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. This is Bob Brodell, your host of Dialogues in Dermatology. Today, we're having two interviewees. One is Samal Desai, who is Clinical Assistant Professor at UT Southwestern and a member of the Board of Directors of the American Academy of Dermatology. The other is Rishi Gandhi, who is founder of the Ohio Skin Center and a volunteer at Wright State University. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Great to be with you, Bob. Okay. Uh, Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the problems that young physicians are having in this very unusual year of 2020, the year of COVID-19. So let's start with Rishi. You just started a practice. Wow, a solo private practice? I didn't know that even happened in 2020. Yeah. Well, I always had a thought and plan to have my own practice at some point in my career. So the the planning and the vision for this occurred well before COVID. And um, I decided to stick to my guns and still do it. And uh, I have no regrets. So certainly some challenges, but I have no regrets with the decision. Tell us about some of those challenges. Well, I think uh, with Hiring and uh, building a team during this time of COVID, it's incredibly challenging with staffing and some of the unpredictability. So uh, your growth model and kind of your short-term vision goals have been altered. So I think efficiency and kind of the different parts of practice you want to build, you have to be strategic and grow maybe a little bit more slowly than you'd want to uh, or, or have ability to. I guess so. And Samal, as a member of the board of directors of the American Academy of Dermatology, I bet there's some discussion right at the top about these kinds of problems. Well, Bob, I'd agree with you. And I've known Rishi for a long time, and he's certainly a rising leader in our specialty. And I commend him for tackling the challenge of opening a new practice in a pandemic. But I think one of the things that's important for us to realize is that Dermatology is a very small specialty, and we have to support one another. And this year is now more than ever, the most important thing we can do is be unified as a specialty, supporting each other in our day-to-day practices, in our practice styles, in our patient care settings. And also, for me, importantly, really helping to protect our specialty from all of the other forces in healthcare and in the country that are really going against us right now. And what can we do to take dermatology to the next level and move past the pandemic and move into 2021 and beyond? What are some of those forces aligned against us? Well, I would say that the obvious challenges of this year, are obviously we're living in a historical pandemic, combine that with incredible amount of social unrest and health disparities that continue to be insurmountable in so many ways. And then on top of that, you have rapidly evolving regulatory and policy burdens. Uh, For example, the new CMS fee schedule that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has proposed that goes into effect January 1. You know, who would think in the middle of a pandemic, we'd need to be fighting for reimbursement 
so that way we can even continue to see patients, but that's what we're doing. Who would think that we're fighting scope of practice issues where nurse practitioners and PAs in some states, including California, which the governor of California just this week signed into law, that mid-levels such as nurse practitioners can practice independently. So you've got board certified dermatologists who have dedicated their entire educational and personal careers to taking care of patients and saving lives. We're in the middle of a pandemic where now it's become somewhat of a free-for-all in many areas with patients not even knowing the kind of care they're getting. So a lot of the advocacy things that I'm passionate about have already been happening for a long time. They're just even more magnified for me and for so many of us, including Rishi and others right now, because we, we need to be working on these issues even harder and even more unified. And I, I can't stress that enough because there's so many other parts of the healthcare ecosystem that are changing and that are going to get even more challenging for our specialty because we're small, because we've got lots of people who want to practice skin medicine or dermatology or dermatologic surgery or aesthetics or pathology and all of those things, we really need to make sure we're thinking ahead about a game plan even more now more than ever, in my opinion. Well, thank you. So Rishi, when you found yourself challenged by many of these things that were just mentioned by Dr. Desai, did you find some people to reach out to who could offer you some advice and guidance? Absolutely. My Durham role models who I've looked up to served as great mentors, and they've faced these challenges in different parts of the setup of their own practices. So I've leaned towards them for lots of business advice, people to talk to. Um, one of the biggest challenges was actually getting on some insurance plans, even during the pandemic. And it just took a lot of persistence and perseverance and um, really trying to get on these plans. I did get on them, but it was not an easy task. So um, learning some of these skills that no one teaches you on how to talk to an insurance company and convince them to <laughs> add you as a, a person on their, um, on their network. I'm practicing in my hometown of Dayton, Ohio. That has been very helpful. This is where I went to medical school and also where I did residency. So there have been great resources that have helped me locally. So I bet your uh, chair and program director, Julian Trevino, mm -hmm. has been there to give you a hand? Yeah, absolutely. He's always been a great advisor and mentor, even after I finished residency and knows the area well. So he's been... He's and been what about the American Academy of Dermatology? I think that there's been great resources on how to set up your own practice as well as the whole practice management center, navigating all these key terminologies and business lingo. It, it can be daunting, but the, the American Academy of Dermatology has had great resources, Q&A type things, and as well as people you can just reach out to for really any questions. And it's been helpful. That's great. So I know I was in solo private practice for 28 years before I entered an academic position. Now, Dr. Desai, you went directly into academics. So yeah, my journey, Dr. Brodell, has been interesting. And I feel very fortunate that I have had a combination of a hybrid private practice academic model approach here in Dallas since I finished residency, where I've had the ability to work in a private practice post-residency, but maintain my academic 
appointment and clinical privilege where I actually see patients and work with residents, which is a passion of mine, uh, as well as helping with leadership development and advocacy. And then subsequently opening my own practice and navigating that journey. And it's really been interesting to see where that was 11 and a half years ago to where it is now, that that whole process in terms of starting a business and, and evolving it. And boy, has it changed. But I, I've been very lucky. And, and I guess my message to your question reminds me to tell our listeners, and Rishi and I've talked about this as of others, you can design your practice model whatever way you want. And I would say, don't let anyone tell you no. I had a lot of people who said, hey, you're an academician at heart. You should be a full-time clinical researcher. And at first, I wanted to do that. And then I realized, wait, you know what? I actually like being busy and seeing high volume. I actually kind of like business as well. Maybe I should think about more of the business side of medicine and, and navigating as a practice owner. And But I still wanted to maintain academics, and I still wanted to make sure I didn't give up my resident teaching privileges and having the ability to mentor and guide. And so I was able to do it that with the support of a great department chair here at Southwestern, Kim Yancey, with the support of friends and mentors like you, Bob, and others. I think the message here is that we are such a small family in dermatology that do what Rishi just alluded to, which is reach out to friends and colleagues, ask for advice and guidance. And if you have a vision of what you wanna do in the specialty, go for it. We need innovators and we need people to be open-minded to lots of different ways of practice. And one of the things that I always focus on is that unity concept. I know I've said that word probably four times in the past few minutes, but I can't stress that enough because with all of the advocacy things I do in Washington on the Hill and at the FDA, as you know, when people view dermatology, they don't always have the best impression of us. And one of the reasons they don't always have the best impression of us is because we don't always appear united. And as a small specialty, we really need to make sure we, we're not fragmented and we support and uplift each other. Very good. And Rishi, I see you have your hand in a little academics too at yeah. Wright State University. Now, when I went into practice about 40 years ago, 80% of resident graduates went into solo private practice. Now I've heard that number is about 4%. So you're actually a pretty rare bird to do this. And I have had some residents graduate here in Mississippi that also chose to go into uh, private practice. And I think there are still choices out there. And how did you make that uh, choice to do the uh, more full-time private little hand in part-time academics? I would say my journey is a little similar to Samal's. It's quite unique. Towards the end of my residency training, I realized my niche and passion is with procedural dermatology. And I really wanted to focus on developing expertise and excellence in those areas. And so I actually did start out in academics for two years. And then I actually completed two separate fellowships. So an ASDS cosmetic fellowship with Mark Taylor in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I just recently completed a Mohs Surgery Fellowship at University of Louisville. And for me, I still love maintaining that academic orientation and being involved with developing curriculum and teaching residents, but also wanted to have my own practice where I can focus on an enhanced patient experience, as well as contouring the practice that I'd like to have from the skill set that I invested so much in. And so it's a great hybrid. 
and I did reach out to Samal as well as other people that have done it. And I think it can be a great marriage between those kind of two worlds. So I wasn't just right out of training. I did have to invest a little bit more in the confidence of my um, developing other skills and learning the business of dermatology. But um, I feel like this is the launching point for me to really have my own practice at this point. And Bob, can I uh, comment briefly on Rishi's point? I think I admire what he did. He really took the time to be genuine and he really took the time to reach out to lots of people and to me what that showed is that he didn't try to rush into something he wanted to achieve something and he was not afraid to take the time to do it and that i think is really admirable i I will admit i was good at reaching out at folks but i was very lucky i had very solid mentors but i also wanted to get to a destination super fast and super quick So I didn't take as much time, which I don't necessarily regret, but having watched his approach and and similar approaches of others, it's okay to take your time and really figure it out. And that way you at least feel super confident in your decision. So Dr. Desai, tell us a little bit about how some of us might make ourselves available to young people going into practice. Maybe a way that they could interact with some uh, private practitioners that have a little bit of an academic tilt like both of you? Bob, that's a great question. And I am all for supporting any kind of networking and interaction between mid-career and even more advanced career colleagues with our rising graduating residents. And frankly, even residents who are in their first year, you know, I, I don't think it's ever too early to start thinking about career choices. One of the things that I think would be really helpful, and obviously in living in a virtual world, this actually may be more doable, is creating a dialogue, an online forum that not just is for board-certified dermatologists and various chat groups, but creating a forum specifically for academy leaders and private practice leaders to interact with young physicians. And perhaps that could be in the form of a a digital online group that could do a monthly Zoom call. Uh, Perhaps that could be an initiative that the Academy's Young Physicians Committee could actually put forward. And maybe even more importantly, the Residence Committee and the Resident Fellow Committee, I know at the AAD has worked really hard on the mentorship opportunities and linking people together. I think, Bob, you're aware of the ADLP program, which is the Academic Dermatology Leadership Program that the Academy does through the Leadership Institute. That's been highly successful for junior faculty who are trying to develop their careers in academics. But that's that's predominantly for full-time academic derm, junior faculty. We don't have something like that for derms who are interested in both private and academic practice careers. And I think creating one of those tracks would be great. And Rishi, have you ever thought of getting involved in the academy so yeah. you can have a hand in designing some of these things? Yeah, absolutely. I think kind of creating some of these unique networking opportunities and closely connecting people in dermatology at different phases of their career would be great because it's as much valuable for the mentee as well as the mentor and how that relationship evolves. I've actually found myself showing a lot of new things to people that have mentored me that they don't know much about with digital marketing and new forms of ways that you can do things in your practice with efficiencies. So uh, it's a great, great, great relationship to try to cultivate through our formal societies and organizations. Well, that's great. And 
I would encourage anyone out there hearing this podcast to look up a list of the members of the board of directors of the American Academy of Dermatology and express your interest to them in being on one or another committees. And they have the wherewithal to make it known that you have this interest and just maybe you'll find yourself on a committee. So any last little pearls of wisdom, Samal, that you'd like to uh, send out to our podcast listeners today? This has been a fantastic discussion and hopefully we can do more of these in the future. But I think the last thing I want to end on saying is I can't stress the importance enough of doing some sort of call to action or advocacy for all of our members and all of our colleagues. And obviously I'm very interested in the political climate in healthcare and in policy. And we may have listeners and colleagues who aren't. I have friends who have no interest in that and that's okay. But even if you have no interest in policy and advocacy, I think what we need to realize, especially for our younger career derms, is anything that happens in healthcare in this country from an advocacy and policy perspective is going to affect each and every one of us even if you're not interested in it. So when you get those academy alerts for call to actions, or when you have the opportunity to write your city council person or your state legislature individual, or get involved with the Durham specific issue, do. And even if that's a simple click of a button, a two minute email, that is better than nothing. And the more of us who even make the effort to do those things, I think the more we can advance our specialty. I would close by saying, we are so lucky to be dermatologists and to practice this field of medicine. And I want our specialty to continue to thrive and grow for hundreds of years to come. And we're only going to get that to happen if we all work together. And Rishi, you've been at this for six months to a year now, starting your own solo private practice. Are you glad you did it? Absolutely. I have no regrets. It was the right fit for me because I feel like it contour the practice to my interests and be more engaged and involved with hiring staff and really understanding every aspect of the practice. And so there are challenges. This is not for everyone. Um, It is a 24 seven job, but you have to work on achieving that perfect work-life balance and engagement in your practice. I feel like it has energized me and helped me kind of launch newer strengths that I didn't have by doing it. So if you don't really have that interest and just kind of want to have a job and and come back home, then that's fine. Um, That's great. There's great opportunities. But if you really wanted to sort of grow your skill set and understand the dermatology experience and be more involved with it, then I'd I'd encourage a lot more younger dermatologists to, to pursue it. And I'm happy to always be a resource and help them. Very nice. And this has been... An interesting dialogues in dermatology on navigating the landscape. And I hope everybody's just learned a little bit about what a little touch of optimism can do, uh, even when you're going into solo private practice in the worst possible year of the past hundred years. Thanks, guys. Dr. Samal Desai has been with us and Rishi Gandhi. Uh, have a great day. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very much, Bob. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. 
New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcast. We hope you enjoyed these new options for listening to dialogues and the increased content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.